spreading the holiday cheer. Playing a little bit of holiday music today. Welcome back to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie. You're listening to Conservative Talk, ABQ, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, AM 700, and listen online at conservativetalkabq.com. I'm here with Karen Bedoni today, the former gubernatorial candidate. And we're talking about this out-of-control spending by our government. The omnibus bill is what they're calling it. Which, by the way, none of the Republicans know what's in the bill. Yet they're expected to pass the bill. We've heard that before, right? We need to hold our government accountable. The problem is, and, and Karen and I talked about this in the first hour, is that most people in this country are not paying attention. They're, they're living with their head in the sand. And, and, and I've mentioned this before about cognitive dissonance, about it's like, oh, my God, I don't want to know about it. I don't want to hear about it. They turn everything off. They go about their life, and they think that it will never affect them. But it will. It will. It'll affect the world you live in. You know, you can't continue spending more money than you have. You can't keep charging up the credit card. That's what the government is doing. They're charging up the credit card. And when they run out of credit on the credit card, they get another credit card. Or they raise the limit on the credit card. Now, I don't know how many of you out there have in your lifetime filed bankruptcy, but that's what it ends up in. I know I've been there years ago. It happened to me. It's like, oh my God, I've charged up all this money now and I, and, and I can't make the payments anymore. I didn't get more credit. I, I just couldn't pay it anymore. You know, eventually I went bankrupt. I had to give up a lot of things. What happens when the U.S. government goes bankrupt? What, what things do they have to give up when they go bankrupt? I don't know. I mean, I know one thing. They're sacrificing the future of our children and our grandchildren. They're, at the very least, putting them into servitude to pay this debt that they keep racking up. And every time you hear about a bill that they're putting through, regardless of what the bill is, it could be about anything. Then there's this pork in the bill. You know, we call it pork. We, you know, it's that they put in there that has nothing to do with the bill. And where they're just spending billions and billions of dollars on stuff that is, in, in most cases, just designed to buy votes. Right. I, I agree on that, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what they're doing. They're buying votes, and and these politicians, I don't think they're they're thinking about the consequences of their actions. They're they're not. I mean, for those of you that have had financial problems in the past and ended up bankrupt, you probably weren't thinking about it either. Think about it. I mean, these people are the same way. Only they are like that on steroids. I mean, they literally can just apparently spend unlimited amounts of money and not be concerned. And every year, they want to raise the debt limit. Raise the debt limit. I, I, that just infuriates me. 
Well, it sounds like uh, kids without an allowance or with an allowance, and they're, but they're overspending and they took off with your purse. So <laughs> yeah. the, the, the government needs to be parented, and the thing is the Congress should be the parents of this runaway train, but they're the kids in this whole scenario. And so we're just watching this happen, and it's it's very um, it's, it's disheartening. Yeah. Hey, uh, let's see. what uh, We did uh, Mike Lee. Let's, let's do clip, clip four, Rand Paul his comments on this. Merry Christmas, America. The Democrats and uh, big government Republicans will be offering you a Christmas tree. Christmas tree in Washington is a bill that has something on it for everyone. You won't know what it is until you get it. You won't be able to read it until it's done. But it will happen, because the only thing that invariably happens in Washington is they will get together to spend money. Democrats and big government Republicans every year pass a budget. But it's a budget that, uh, or a spending bill that has no budget. It'll be a spending bill in which everything is glommed together in one bill. It'll be a spending bill thousands of pages long, and no one will have read it. No one will have encompassed the entire bill, and it'll be given with only hours to read it, and then there'll be a reversal of blame. The blame won't attach to the people who, frankly, I wouldn't put in charge of running a Minute Mart because of their lack of business sense. It won't attach to people who put together, cobbled together a multi-thousand page bill in the dead of night, didn't show it to anyone, and put it forward. They will say, no, if you vote no, you are for shutting down the government. I, frankly, am not for shutting down the government, but I'm, frankly, for spending less money and accumulating less debt. Senator Johnson said we're the largest financial entity in the United States. I don't know if some guy who owns or some woman who owns three gas stations in a minute mart that doesn't have a budget and doesn't have outlays and doesn't have a plan for how they're going to do the spending. They don't cobble it together and say to the board of directors, oh, here it is. You can read it after you pass it. So this is a nightmare way to run the government. I won't participate in it, and I will tell them that it's a rotten, no good way to run a country. That's all I've got to say. God bless Rand Paul. <laughs> I know. We need more people like him in government. He's, yes. he, he's common sense. Right. You know, the problem is, is we have a lot of serious idiots in government. Now, that brings me to thinking about this, this one headline I saw. Okay, you guys might have heard about this. Or maybe you didn't hear about this. If, if you've got your head in the sand, you probably haven't heard about this. But... Have you guys heard about uh, the uh, the guy that is in charge of that Biden Biden appointed this guy part of his cabinet Department of Energy Office of Nuclear Energy Okay I I would assume that this guy is in charge of I don't know uh, whether we build nuclear power plants or or Maybe no, it's his red number five lipstick that's petroleum based. Oh, petroleum based. Yes, <laughs> that's the extent of his energy, I believe. <laughs> Sam Britton. Have you guys seen pictures of this? The bald guy with the red lipstick. Yeah, bald guy with red and a mustache. Oh yeah. Yes, a mustache, red lipstick, and a bald head, and he's wearing a red dress. A red dress, which <laughs> just I've seen that picture. Totally doesn't work on him. <laughs> but, I, I mean, this is the guy. That Joe Biden appointed to the Department of Energy. I mean, okay, if if you're interviewing some people and this guy comes up and you got some other people, it's like, why did he hire this guy? Why? I, I, 
I think I know why. I, I think he, I think he brought him on for the same reason he brought on his his uh, press secretary. She checks the boxes. She's black and she's gay. This guy, I I, I don't know. I guess he's uh, what is it? What they call non-binary? Whatever the heck that is. I mean, that to me, that's somebody that can't make up their mind what they are. Right. Confused. You know? Yeah, confused. Um, there, there used to be a day people like that uh, would be considered um, mentally ill. Mm-hmm. And they would actually take them to an asylum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and book them a, a long vacation there. You know, I, re- I remember when I was a kid, there were things that, were, that are now considered to be politically incorrect that you just don't say anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's this comedian I like where he was kidding around about how we used to just throw the word retarded around all the time when we were kids. You probably remember that. Oh yeah. It's like what are you retarded or something? Yes, it was, <laughs> and it was it was a simple uh, descriptive word for us as as Navajos. We didn't have the complete context of all these words that we were given to yeah. use, and so even um, even cussing was funny because we couldn't do it correctly. So we had to do an actual class on how to cuss correctly. Because, how to cuss correctly? Right, because <laughs> our English teacher says, "Well, if you're going to do it anyway you might as well do it correctly that's right because we were getting it all wrong and yeah. so yeah that 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 word retarded didn't even have a real contextual meaning for us it wasn't texturized in our mind right we just used it to describe something that was not right or or below whatever you know so we would just throw it around well you know my uh, my mom it, it, she listens to my show every week by the way so i know she's listening to this and she, this will probably make her laugh there was a mental institute in in Cincinnati when we were kids. It was called Longview, which isn't that a perfect name for a mental crazy house? Longview. <laughs> it just sounds like it. And when we were out of line as kids and uh, we were, you know, doing something wrong or acting silly, she'd say, well, I'm just going to take you all down to Longview and drop <laughs> you off down there. <laughs> Ours was Hogan Hajoni. That was the adoption place. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we get threatened with that. We're taking you to Hogan Hajoni. <laughs> so we had that too. That's funny. So, so this guy that uh, is uh, got a mustache and a bald head and wears bright red lipstick and a red dress is the is in charge of the Department of Energy. That should uh, nuclear. On top of that, <laughs> so that, sh- that should really be comforting for you guys. Now, here's an interesting thing, too. In this article, I found that this guy is a, oh, okay, he's not non-bi, he's gender fluid. So from day to day, he decides what he's going to be. Okay. So he's a self-described gender fluid. Now, do you know the meaning of this? Pup handler. Do you know what a pup handler is? No. <laughs> I was curious about that one. This is a weird one. Okay, go ahead. Okay, okay. Educate me. Yeah. So I did a whole lot of reading on what a pup handler is, okay? <laughs> because, like, what, what the heck is that? So a pup handler, basically there is this. there is this. So this is an urban dictionary thing. It's new. I think it is. Okay, okay. Yeah. So there are pups and there are pup handlers. Now, I remember years and years ago, used to hear about these uh, people that were into leather and bondage and all this kind of stuff, and, and there were doms and, and subs, submissives, and all that kind of stuff. Oh. Okay, this is kind of like an offshoot on that from the way I take it. 
Okay, only in this case, okay, people enjoy, they, they consider themselves to be a dog. Okay, so they figure out ways to dress themselves no. like like a dog, and they wear like some kind of a headpiece that has floppy ears on it, and then they have a tail, which I'm going to let you use your imagination how it can be attached. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't know if I can say this so on this the radio is, without so getting in trouble. This is a long view image. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is. And then these people get down on all fours and they act like a dog. What? And those people are pups. And these people are serious about this. Oh wow, this is this is not right. No. No, it's not right at all. This is just really weird. It's not even okay. weird. It's almost it's almost uh, it's it's wrong. I yeah. mean, yeah. Wow. And not only that, if it's something that you're doing, is it something you want to advertise to the general public, okay? No. Is it <laughs> it's something you kind of do in the in the privacy and in the, you know, nobody knows about it. But these people are proud of this, okay? So this guy considers himself to be a pup handler. Okay, so what that is, he is the one that, that basically is the is the dominant one. He's the one that walks the pups. Oh, this is and weird. And plays okay, with kind of kind of like kind of like uh, my cat I have at home. I have a kitten that I got this year and his name's Joe by the way. He likes to bite, so I call him Joe bite me. And <laughs> It's in a loving way, though. <laughs> so, and I know cats are, are Democrats because they just don't want to help out. And they just... <laughs> could be true. <laughs> but, but so, kind of like my cat, I'll pick him up, I'll pet him, you know. He likes to snuggle with me at night sometimes, you know. And, and he follows me all around the house. So think about it that way. Okay, I'm like the cat handler. Right. Okay. He's a pup handler. That's weird. Handles the pups. They play. They roll on the floor. They they treat each other like dogs and dog owners. Bizarre. That that's what this guy proudly does, and he meant and he's and he's and he mentions it. You know, this so, is the, your Department of Energy. Now keep in mind. Appointment by Joe Biden. He's good job, he, Joe. Good Joe. Good job, Joe. Okay. This is. <laughs> for crying this out loud, the kind Joe. of people running the country right now. <laughs> okay, my brain won't wrap around this thing. I just can't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah. What other article do I have here that's just really insane? It's like you know, I think I think our world has just lost its freaking mind. I really do. Now, so is he? Is he part of that whole the 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 fusion nuclear? discovery and all this is this his part name of his wasn't package? mentioned in there but i would imagine since he's in charge of nuclear energy that he would definitely be involved in that right right interesting because even this is kind of wonky and where when you read through it and you and then the timing is what we're questioning because it's such a big deal the timing so so the other day livermore national labs they announced that uh, they so had this achieved is california uh, right is that where it is i think so it didn't say that in the article hmm I think it's I think it is California. So they announced that they had achieved fusion ignition. Okay. Now, my understanding of the definition of that is it's basically means that they they the process they're using, they use a whole bunch of high-powered lasers. They target them on something in a chamber. And by the way, this machine that that they're 
using to do this, which is generating a relatively small amount of power, is enormous. I mean, it fills a big room. Right. It's huge. It's huge. And, but the thing is, I know that I have, this is something I've been interested in. I'm, I'm an engineer and, and, and I know, Karen, by listening to you, you're, you're very technically savvy. You understand this stuff. Well, and I'm, I'm really looking at the whole nuclear aspect of it because nuclear implies uranium, right? Not in this case. Not in this case. Okay. From what I understand in this, they, uh, they are basically fusing helium-3. I've heard that, helium-3. Which, by the way, helium-3 is really extremely rare on planet Earth. Right. It's, it's probably plentiful out in space somewhere, but on Earth, it's very... And it's on the moon. There's a lot of it on the moon, which, which I can see that when people start, you know, it seems like everybody's racing to the moon right now, and I'm sure that might be part of the motivation to do it, is to harvest the helium-3 that right. is on the moon. Right. So anyway, so we ha- we've got all of this spending that they want to do, and... I, I made some notes on this. I, I think that, that right before the change of the, the Congress, and then they announced this, and not only that, well, I got off sidetrack there for a minute. I remember years ago that them mentioning that they had done this before. I don't know if you remember that or not, uh, but it just kind of all died down. Yeah, they, they have a bunch of like cool things that happen all of a sudden, and, and you wonder why. Yeah. So, yeah, and it dies out. And then out. you don't hear about it anymore. No, no, no. It, it goes away. Well, there's the away. one with the ring that, that they, they were spinning, and they're trying to build these tunnels. And I know they're doing it in Europe. Oh, the Hedron Collider. Yes, that one. Yes. And they were trying to get one done here, and it, that one also fell through, I think, in Texas. Uh-huh. So, I mean, we don't hear any, any more of it. They yeah. just kind of, it bleeps on the screen. You know, I was, talk, I was talking with my friend Derek, which is on the show pretty much on a regular basis with me, about this. And we made an interesting uh, comparison because I'm a, I'm a sci-fi fan. I don't know if you are or not, but kind of. Okay, there's a show that I used to watch called um, uh, Star Stargate. No, oh, Stargate yes. SG One. Yes. Okay, so in Stargate SG One, the the government they had technology they weren't telling anybody about. Right. Okay, now. The whole idea behind this is that, okay, this technology is, is revolutionary, but it's potentially very, very dangerous in the wrong hands. So they, they keep it out of the public. They, they keep it secret. Well, in Stargate SG-1, they had uh, a, a power source uh, they, they called a Naquita reactor, which basically it was kind of like a portable fusion reactor that had enormous amounts of power. I mean, one of these one of these little babies, they're really small. I mean, they're the size of a suitcase could power a city. Well, it kind of makes you wonder that, you know, you heard about these discoveries many, many years, decades ago even, then, then we didn't hear about them anymore. Kind of makes you wonder if it was something that was real, that was a huge breakthrough, and then they put it under wraps. I believe it. I know things like that are, are out there. Because you know. e- e- even the cure for cancer, I know it's out there, but they're yeah. not letting us have it. Yeah, maybe. I think so. Yeah. I believe it. I, I think it's entirely possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because one thing we have found, especially over the past couple, three years, is that the medical community will lie to us. Yeah, we learned that one pretty fast. We've we? told, I, I, I was actually a little bit surprised by that one. I, I always thought, I always felt like, 
hospitals were safe. Were safe, and it was a place that you could go to, and you knew that they were going to do everything possible to to help you and save you. But no, we found that's not the case at all. No, I. I find that very, very disturbing. That, it is. You know, we can't trust doctors. We can't trust hospitals. That they're in the pocket of big pharma. They're in the pocket of the government, big corporations. And they do what's in the interest of these people that have nothing to do with saving your life and don't care about saving your life. And a lot of them are creating these illnesses where you can feed off of their medication. And that's the scary part for me is what are they inflicting on us? Yeah. They create a problem and then they present you with a solution. Yeah. And we're so naive not to think it's the same hand. You know, the right is doing the, the left, you know, and, and so it's, it's creating a problem and then it's trying to save you from it. Yeah. And so I, we see this all the time with government and, and, and this whole thing with this whole nuclear fusion thing, those kind of same sentiments are also creeping in when you start to read through it and you start to, to see what they're doing and then the timing. And so it doesn't sit well with you. And so you know something is wrong. And we won't know the truth until the future, until it starts to project yeah, out. We won't know. And, you know, I've talked about a lot of things over the past couple of years that have all come come true, That I things I suspected. I read this article, and I su- suggest you guys do too. I'll have a link to it in my in my show notes, as usual. But... I read this, and it's like something about it didn't set right with me. It's like, okay, uh, I think this is wonderful uh, that it's it's if we're making a breakthrough through like this. But at the same time, the timing is is just, I don't know, the timing is strange, I think. And especially when the Biden administration is trying to push this whole Green Deal thing ahead of when we're ready for it. We're not ready for we're not ready for a green economy yet. Yes, I I I'm an engineer. Eventually, eventually. eventually I we need to do it. Yes, we do. And we need to keep working towards that goal. But they're trying to cold turkey us into they it. They totally cold turkey. <laughs> yes. And it doesn't work that way. No. Because we have to transition because we have vehicles, we have investments, everything that's hinged on what works today. And so you cold turkey it, everything stops. And guess what? You impact an entire nation economically. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. so people will get hurt. People will starve. I mean, homelessness will, will, will it'll just collapse. Well, this article, the first thing I noticed in this article, there are several Democrat politicians mentioned in this article. Chuck Schumer, of course, and I don't trust that guy as far as I can throw him. You know, that guy even looks evil. It's like he's sitting there, and he's always got his glasses, like, down to the bottom of his nose. It's like, why does he even wear them? I mean, how could he even see through them? But, But something about that guy is really creepy. Such a weasel. Chuck Schumer is mentioned in this article. Diane Feinstein, boy, what a bunch of winners. Jack Reed, Alex wow. Padilla, Zoe Lofgren. Isn't Pelosi in there too? Uh, yes, I think I saw her in here too. And those are the big, big whack jobs that yeah. we have to watch yeah. out for. Yeah. The fact that they're in this article, that's the first signal yeah. that something is wrong. <laughs> Not a single Republican politician is mentioned in this article. Okay, Okay, now... 
if we made this huge breakthrough and this is such a big deal and it's going to change the world, which, you know, yes, it would change the world. If we were to protect, uh, you know, perfect fusion power and it could become commercially available to where it can generate power for the grid and heat our homes and, and charge all those electric cars that they, that they want to build, that would be, it would be revolutionary. It would change the world as we know it. Okay, but the scientists aren't saying that's what they've done. They're saying, oh, wait, we've made a tiny step towards this, which, which the commercially viable version of this is way down the line decade it could be decade well away. i was reading it, it they can't even sustain it they can't hold that much energy yeah. they don't know how to displace it yeah or they can store it and it's just too big of a boom so what do you do with it so it's like a five second um it's like the power of the sun yeah it, it's and you're trying to contain that yeah i mean so you can only do it for five seconds before everything melts down because i think it's 150 million degrees yeah and it's um 10 times hotter than the core of the earth so when you think about it how do you store something like that because any kind of metal or elements that we have here would completely melt oh, into yeah. nothing. So how do you store it? I mean, think about this. It's like the you know the the heavy metals that we that we have that we see that are that we find on this planet, you know. You know, steel, lead, gold, silver, all those things. They evaporate they were they were created <laughs> by a sun <laughs> well and they would be evaporated by that same they would be energy. evaporated yeah, by it it would be gone yes so the mass would be so that's where the equation falls apart is how what do you do to contain that yeah because yeah I, I, I guarantee i mean our homes would all melt <laughs> i mean that that is that is the problem it's like like i'm a star trek fan you know on star trek you know like that was a big trekkie like, yeah. Up. Oh, I'm a total Trekkie. So, like, like the 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 energy source on the Enterprise, the the warp core that they call. Yes, okay. and when it gets out of um, balance, yes. they, the, all the alarms go off. And That's roo, right, roo, and then roo, they have to get rid of know. it because, like, it's, it's going to blow hot. the ship up. You know, yeah, it's too hot. Yeah, it is, and, and it's like they have to contain it, and that's what they they use the dilithium crystals for. It's like it it creates some kind of a containment for right. the. For the warp core. Right. You and know? So the That's essentially what you have here. So, and then for them to, to say this, I'm wondering if they have um, stock and marketing for stuff like this. I don't even know. I'm trying to figure out how they're making money off of it. They're always making money somehow. Yeah, they they're are. They're doing something. Well, here's something that really caught my attention when I was reading this thing, and instant, instantly I kind of cringed a little bit. This is something that Chucky e. Schumer said. He said, that's why I'm also proud to announce today that I've helped to secure the highest ever authorization of over $624 million this year in the National Defense Authorization Act for the ICF program to build on this amazing breakthrough. So Chucky here, he's wanting to use this as a way to spend more money. Pull money. You know, for, their, for whatever programs they want to use them their for, which probably won't go go for this so that's probably the ominous bill we're talking about Prob oh i'm mm -hmm. sure it is and i and i think that's why the timing is suspicious right so we got diane feinstein in this we have jack reed we have alex padilla and we have zoe lofgren all democrats and zoe lofgren in this mentioned Something about fully fund and properly implement the fusion research provisions in the recent CHIPS and Science Act. See, there again, they're looking at this as a way to push their agenda and get more money. Yep. 
And I think that you're right on the money on that one because it's the timing is bad, and I think they're all getting ready to run again. And I think they have stock in something. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, I think I believe so. And they're creating those outlets for them to make money, and that's mm-hmm. what they're about. They're about making money. All of them that you listed are very wealthy people. Oh, they are. And and they've you know if they were if they were just regular American citizens, they would have probably already been prosecuted on insider trading. <laughs> but right. But as Congress people, they can they can insider trade all they want. Mm-hmm. I, they I it's it's rules for thee, but not for me. Right. Well, a lot of them had bought stock in the actual vaccines too. Mm-hmm. Of that course, was, that was horrifying for me, and I was like, "What?" And, and so when you start to really research these politicians, um, you, you have to decide how how what kind of a person are you, and where do you draw your line in your morals and values, and where do you stay? And so for me, as um, running for office, I had to be very secure and and also courageous in my notions of not being. Um, I have to be unapologetic for who I am. So if I was ever to sit in Congress, if I don't know if I would ever do that, but they would hate me because I wouldn't be able to get on board with any other stuff. And this bill that's coming through, I would be tearing it apart just like Rand Paul did. I'm like, no, we're not going to join yeah. in on this. And I'm, you're not getting my vote because that vote belongs to the people of my district. Yeah. And, and so y- you would have to define yourself. And that's what we're missing, I think, is in America is the people that really stand for something. What we're looking at here, all these problems in America are because people have sold out. They don't have the morals and values um, at a highest of excellence, and it's just not working for them. And so, Karen, let's yeah. take a break, and we'll be right back. Sure. Okay. okay. Don't go anywhere. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband-and-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214. Or on the web at PerkinsProtectionTraining.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Dan Lafferty. And I'm Dr. Stephanie Z from ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Putting off a trip to the dentist due to dental anxiety? Let us ease your fears. At ABQ Gentle Dentistry, we are gentle from your first phone call with the receptionist to the dental chair for treatment. We offer oral conscious sedation, IV sedation, and nitrous gas. We have the latest technology to handle all your dental needs right in our office. Same-day crowns, 3D x-rays, 3D printing, digital intraoral photos, and laser technology. Let us transform your life by transforming your smile into a smile you can love. We also offer clear tray orthodontic therapy. You're part of the family here at ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Gentle is not just our name, it's how we treat our patients. We accept most insurance plans and also work with multiple lending companies to help make financing possible. Y hablamos español. We're located at 4550 Eubank Boulevard, Northeast, Suite 101. Give us a call at 505-292-8588 to begin your journey to an awesome smile. Or on the web at albuquerquegentledentist.com. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road, Northeast, call us at 505 292 Hey everybody, welcome back to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie. You are listening to Conservative Talk ABQ, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, AM 700, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. I want to remind you, you can check out my website, freedomspeaknm.com, and you can uh, check out replays of all my previous shows there and check out things I've got posted there. Also, check out my Facebook page. I always post a lot of really interesting stuff on there. Just uh, do a search for Freedom Speak with Becca Marie on Facebook, and you'll find it. And get in there and follow and like and uh, and share. So I'm here with uh, my guest, Karen Bedoni. And we've been talking about pretty much just everything. There's just so much news out there right now to talk about. It's like I've just made this long list of things. It's like, oh, let's just cover all this stuff. I, w- I was talking, uh, I, was, I was interested the other day. I found this interesting parallel. I was looking at this thing going on in Peru. And apparently they've had basically a, a new president pretty much every year for <laughs> they've got a lot of turmoil going on over there and i was looking at this thing in which their their previous president was president uh president was ousted and i read some of the details of this thing and it it so much parallels what was done to trump you know i Right, they they did him dirty, and he wasn't allowed to actually take office and do his job. Right, and it's like they were constantly attacking him uh, for doing his job. Now he's, uh, let's see, he's, <laughs> see if this sounds familiar. Peru's ousted president appears in court to face rebellion and conspiracy charges. Insurrection on their own, yeah, their own, yeah, right. their own January 6th that they're having, right? Right, they had their own January 6th, and you got people that are just completely upset about this over there. And I, I'm just reading about, let's see, you've got this lady by the name of Dina Bulluart uh, that has taken over, but I, I'm reading with this guy from, it says here, from the beginning, the Peruvian right wing tried to overthrow a government democratically elected by the people by the humble classes seeking more inclusion and social justice. I, I don't know, is is their idea of right and left kind of backward Backwards. of what we consider here? And that would be, yeah, we wouldn't really know until you start talking to the people, and then they would you would kind of get it directly from them, how they have been sold these ideas and ideals, um, ideologies, so to speak. Because we don't know, because even on the reservation, um, it's sold to us differently. The yeah. Democrats are supposed to come in and save us, and they're all about you know helping the small businesses and the small... I'm like, no, they're not. That's completely wrong. Yeah. And, and so when you think about it, it 
so we won't really know until you get in there. And But from what it sounds like, it sounds kind of flipped. I know, it does. Because it says right here, when it's referring to the, the woman that is now apparently in charge, Bolivar, a 60-year-old leftist lawyer who was born in the rural Andes, invited the leftist Mexican leader to visit Lima or hold a virtual meeting in her first meeting with the media on Thursday. So it's referring to her as a leftist. And then one of the, one of the people on the, uh, on the street that was interviewed, uh, she said, I would have liked him to finish his five years, but he was poorly advised. The Rosita said Rosita Tapia, 34, a housekeeper working in Lima's Barranco neighborhood, said of Castile, whom she voted for, he promised he would govern for the poor. He believed in, we believed in him, said Tapia, who is originally from Chota Cajamarca. Um, for many people from the provinces, we believed in Pedro, but he didn't live up to our expectations. He was under too much pressure from the media. They didn't leave him in peace so he could govern. She added, the people who have the power created this situation. They pushed it to this point. Right. It sounds like they have their own media cartel. <laughs> yeah, they do. I mean, it sounds like they're dealing with the same thing there as that we're dealing with here. And I think it's all over the world. I think it's where it's happening is they did not let Trump do his job. I think if he was left alone, he would have done so much more. But we, we, we saw only a, a glimpse of what could um, have been a prosperous nation. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, now, the Paul Pelosi thing, okay? We still do not know the truth about this thing. <laughs> oh, the ones where they were doing some construction work in the house and they decided to take their clothes off so they wouldn't get dirty and they had a hammer and they were in their underwear. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of in a nutshell, right? For everyone right. out there doesn't know what we're talking about. Right. Yeah, yeah, no. I. The thing is, is that the NBC reporter that, that early on gave a report which apparently was verified right okay about what was going on about paul pelosi answering the door when the police knocked on the door and he's standing there and then he walks back to the attacker um and he didn't seem scared so he no was, he was in a perfect company right <laughs> right so i don't think we have any idea what the real story is but the thing is, is that nbc reporter that that made that report he's being punished he, he, he basically lost the job he had, and I heard the other day, and I can't remember exactly where it was, but he got moved somewhere else to someplace really cold <laughs> where he's now, you know, in a very obscure location doing reporting. Ice it's, fishing? Yeah. Could be ice fishing. <laughs> there we go. It kind of reminds me of the joke that people say about Russia, like if you misbehave and they decide they don't want you around anymore, they send you to Siberia. Right, right. Basically, this NBC reporter's been sent to Siberia. <laughs> yeah, for... for <laughs> For reporting on Pelosi's husband. And you know she is evil as evil comes, and so she probably um, made sure that he was sent somewhere where he would not have a career. So she killed his career. Oh, you know it. You know it. Let's see. Um, oh, here's a good one. Uh, Canada apparently is pushing for uh, their whole euthanasia thing. Did you see that one? Yeah, that one is pretty scary. Assisted suicide by physicians. Right. And it, it, we're also seeing that happening here in New Mexico with um, assisted care living. Yeah. People that are tired of taking care of this person and their family, they're pushing for it. 
It's like kill them off because it's more convenient. Right. So when you have another human advocating for your death, it's kind of crazy. So this whole euthanasia thing is nuts because then it also puts the doctors in a bind because if they have morals and values and their oath not to do harm. Well, I, I think we've found that that oath doesn't mean anything. Not anymore. No, not anymore. it doesn't. So, but you have doctors that are now being pressured or lose your license. You have to perform this. So basically now they're murdering people, not trying to save lives. Right. Well, and just like, and just like in the, the whole scandemic in which doctors were told, okay, you cannot prescribe hydroxychloroquine or, or ivermectin. Okay. Or you lose your license. Or you'll lose your license. That same thing. And it's like, and they, they gave into that and they violated their oath. Okay. Right. I, I think, I think it was last week or something or week. I can't remember. It was last week or the week before I was talking about taking an oath, oath of office, that sort of thing. And the fact that you take an oath, but then you break it, and are there ever any consequences for not following it? Is there any consequences to a doctor for violating your oath to do no harm? No, there isn't. You know? They can get away with it. Well, they're being told to do it. They're being told to do it. So, And I think think for me, in the looking at it in the big spectrum of it, I think it's like moving cattle. I just think that's how they, they see the human being now is just moving the cattle through the slaughterhouse and because we need to make room because of populations, you know, the overgrowth, which is, a, which is an oxymoron, this whole thing, because they want to reduce the population. Right. So By 80% more, from what I understand. Because we're overrunning, you mm-hmm. know, everything. However, they need the human being to produce, to provide the trillion of dollars that they need for the budget. Right. So they need a population to sustain their spending, but then they're killing the population. That's a real conundrum for them. Yeah, and I'm like, well, hello, what do you want? Yeah. And so either you want us to work and be these these mule horses, or you want to just send us to the slaughterhouses. And so this is the big... I guess, picture that we need to see is that they're not working for us in any direction. It's yeah. all, all crazy. And so this euthanasia thing that has come up, I, I really don't, I think death is being chosen for people and not on their behalf. Because especially if they're deemed, um, you know, whatever that is, that they're not right upstairs. But then how do you even create that if they're not fully have all of their cognitive understanding when you have a guy like the secretary or whatever of energy that was appointed to that obviously has some issues obviously so how would do we not have a measuring stick for him but then we have a measuring stick for this person and say yeah they need to they, they can be killed yeah so then where is that um it's see I, I can't even have words for it because it's it's so frustrating to talk about well you know they did this in in in, in nazi germany they dehumanized people they dehumanized the jews Cattle. you know they were diseased yes auschwitz was the slaughterhouse yeah so so you they're mentioning this as being a slippery slope i completely agree i think it is and it's like i th- i i I really do think that this is probably going to spread all over the place. Yes. I really do. And it's already happening You know, here. just like the abortion thing, how so many people are okay with that. It's like... They dehumanize They the de- dehumanize babies. Mm-hmm. The children. You know, even babies that are already born, they're dehumanizing those too. Mm-hmm. And even our education system is that way because they're just pushing these kids through the cattle cars and they're telling, told, you know, stand still, you know, 
don't ask questions. I'm right, you're wrong. And so basically that's what it is. Don't tell your parents. No, no, yeah, because we know better. Yeah. And just trust us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and see, that's basically what you think about them getting on to the cattle cars. And then inadvertently on Indian country, that's what they call our certificate of Indian blood is our cattle carts. And, huh. and that's the, the nickname for it. It's, cattle carts. Yeah. So you have your, and it's a joke, but then it's real because yeah. that's what they're really doing. And so they dehumanized us a long time ago, you know, break the Indian and maybe try to save the man that's in there. And then, so we're seeing it again. And these policies, I always say, they're just revamping them. They're not nothing new. If you go into history books, you have to read about what has happened and it's happening again, Yeah, but it's in just different forms. Now it's more intricate and more complex, but it's still the same thing. Oh Yeah. Yeah, they've got it. They've gotten better at doing the same things that they've been doing all along. Right, and they call yeah. it policy, and now yeah. it's legal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so killing babies is okay with a lot of people, mm-hmm. and killing old people is eventually going to be okay. And and the the, the sick and the terminally and the ill sick. because we don't want to. And who who's gonna? Here, here's the thing I've always who's going to deem them terminally ill? Who's going to make that decision? The doctors we no longer trust. The doctors we no who longer broke trust. Do oath. That they, broke their oaths yes. and the hospitals we no longer trust. You know, I was I was talking to my mom the other day, and she was telling me that uh, our family does have a uh, history of cancer, and and she said, you know, you really should should get a, a coleostomy on a regular basis. Well, I talked to another good friend of mine the other day about that topic about coleostomies, and she said, do you know that you can die from having a coleostomy? Do you know that there is they if they do it wrong, that literally you can you can have a rupture, you can go septic, and you can die mm-hmm. because she know, has a friend that did die having a coleostomy. So what she recommended to me, and I'm actually gonna I got an appointment with my doctor. I've actually got a really good doctor. I go to Doctor Summers, you know, and he's he's awesome. But he only takes cash. He doesn't take insurance. He's you know smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I I heard of a thing called Coligard you can you can do and it will it it usually is a really good indicator if you've got a problem. I think what I'm going to do is this is what my friend suggests said use use a Coligard which is like a I think it's like a non-invasive test. Um and as long as it shows no question of any problem whatsoever, you you probably don't need to worry about it. And then you don't have to take the risk of the coleostomy. So I honestly don't trust hospitals at all. The thought of going to a hospital for anything terrifies me. Well, and the, and the fact that we're unvaxxed, they're always trying to vax us. Yeah, they're always trying to vax <laughs> That's us. That's me. And, and, and so also when I go to the hospital, I think I did it. And are they going to vax me while they got me knocked out or something? That's <laughs> what I go. wonder. There you go. I don't know. And, and they treat you different. And so you wait longer in a separate place because you have no mask and you're unvaxxed. And yeah. then they want you to wear a mask. And so, you know, we end up. Well, I'm not going to do that either. Yes. And so I fight with it consistently. But, I mean, you're, you're being treated differently. It's, it's pure discrimination. Yeah. I mean, a place where you're supposed to be able to go and feel comfortable that they're going to take care of you has become a place of stress. Apprehension and potential. Anxiety danger <laughs> yeah like what are they going to do to me so you're always on guard because you don't trust anybody i don't know it's like uh, yeah the the cheapening of life is what it is it's like a culture of death these people are are pushing right and yeah it does make me worry about uh, about the whole 
euthanasia thing becoming normalized. Like, oh, it's just what you do. Yeah. Or you're just done. You're like, no, I'm done. It's it's bananas. And I don't really know how we can call ourselves a Christian nation if we um, allow these sorts of things to keep running rampant. No. I think the Christians need to get involved. And that's another one thing I've been looking at is the 501c3s that have pulled church out of politics. And the separation of church and state that a lot of people will argue. I understand that too because, you know, the Catholicism and in the history, I said always go back and research. They had a big impact on governance and so they didn't want that to happen. But it doesn't say remove God from your life and from government. You need no. to pray and make sure that you make the right decision. Yeah, the only thing that says is that the that the, the government is not going to impose a religion on you. Yes. It doesn't say that that religion won't be part of what they do. Right. Right, and so there's there's different, uh, I guess, um, avenues about it. But the thing is, is uh, for me, I I walk with God. I mean, I believe that He's always with me, around me, you know. And, and so, how do you separate church and state when you need to lean on Him the most, especially when questionable things like this? euthanasia comes and and if you sit there and start to question it well it does make a little you know bit of sense that's what you need to go back and read well see everything i believe says that that's a sin yes okay i i grew up i grew up going to a baptist church and i i i'm a christian and to kill yourself is a big no-no is a big no-no you don't do it right you know and yeah i mean i can i i i have told people that that know me really well if anything ever happens to me i i i do definitely do not want them to keep me alive on life support okay i you know let god take me if he wants to take me you know don't try to artificially keep me alive there's a difference there right you know if you can if you can live on your own and then you and then you decide to take a lethal dose of some kind of medication and kill yourself i i think that what's waiting for you on the other side may not be so good no that's no. that's everything i i that's how i feel in my heart that that's wrong and that, that's the same way i agree as well and so i've been really studying this past uh course of you know the months and stuff is is the founder's bible because i've been really researching the declaration of independence and also the constitution and how the forefathers were really thinking the process of um the bible and how they were able to project so well because how did they know this is the stuff we were going to be up against and their writings were so precise. I don't think they had any idea. And I, and it, I, and I think it, it has to deal with um, the, the, with the faith that they had. And so that's really important for me to understand the the, the 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 word of the Lord is there for us to cement our understanding, so you don't overstep those lines. So euthanasia, no, I would never, I would never vote for a condona or legalize it. I, I that's just not who I am. Mm-hmm. But the politicians that did. It makes you okay. What kind of people are they now? And and so you're looking at nuclear fusion and all these, you know, Pelosi's in here, and she's, you know, you know how corrupt they are. And we need to clean up our America, and our elected officials need to be cleaned out. I think we need a new breed of the real righteous human that needs to go in there and actually um, fight for the people and to serve. You know, it kind of makes you wonder about the state of New Mexico. I mean, I. I don't plan on running away because I think if I run away, eventually the evil's just going to find me wherever I go. I think <laughs> I just, I think I need to be here at the front lines and just, and just, and put up the good fight. But 
I think we found that through recent politics in New Mexico that the establishment has a really firm grip on this state. Oh, they do. And it's it's not just the Democrats. It's the establishment, uh, Republicans, the people working behind the scenes that are that want things to stay the same. And and there were things that that Ron Ketty and I've mentioned this before that Ron Ketty did during his campaign that led me to believe that do you not want to win? You know, alienating Aunt Thornton from your campaign, alienating other. You know, and, and from what I've been been told by a lot of people that McCluskey was behind a lot of this and Ron Ketty was just doing what he was told. Oh, yeah. He had no, I don't think he had a brain on board. It was, yeah. it was hard. I even showed up to one of his um, rallies in Shiprock yeah. at the Navajo Nation. I, I walked up to it. <laughs> and, and he didn't even speak when he stood. I was in the front row. I was like, yeah, I want to hear what you're going to say. Yeah. I want to say what you're going to tell my people. Uh-huh. He didn't speak? Oh, uh-uh. They, what did he do? He, he tucked tail and got back on his bus and they left. And the people were like, what? We've been waiting for three hours for this guy to show up and he doesn't even speak. He just got out, hung around for a little bit and Shook then hands. left? Yeah. And, and I'm like, where's the speech? And McCluskey right. just looked at me and he and, and, and no, I mean, no one knew what, knew what to say because Ron Kennedy just got back on the bus and left. It's because they don't have a backbone either. And they're not going to stand for anything. So if they're not going to stand there and... and, and and, and provide the truth, at least the truth of it, then they're not going to do anything for us. And so I've, I've been so courageous on every step of the way on, on, in New Mexico politics, and we all have to do it. When that happens, then the truth will come and smack you in the head because you're going to realize how bad it really is. A lot of us have a notion, yeah, politics is corrupt. Yeah, the establishment's part of it. It's bad. When you start connecting the dots and you realize they're all connected you know why because they all been here for a very long time they're all friends well you know i i heard stories and i didn't talk about it at the time uh, during while the election was going on the campaigning was going on but you know i heard about mccluskey and his bunch uh, were were plotting against other republican candidates that because they were deemed to be part of the patriot community and it's like oh well we can't have those you know, we can't let those people Not even in their, they couldn't just stick to the governor's race. They were in everyone's race. Oh, they were. They were. And they muddied the waters. Yeah, they totally did that. And the fact that the people weren't privy and they weren't paying attention, they got taken for a ride. And that's why we're in this mess is because no one's paying enough attention. It really, I mean, it, it's really just like, you know, we hear about these stories about the Hunter Biden laptop. Okay, we hear about that, how the, how the media and, and big tech literally colluded with the FBI and, and Department of Homeland Security, I believe, to suppress that information so that people would be ignorant to that fact and so that they could get Joe Biden elected. Right. And, and I think that sort of thing went on in, in New Mexico, too. By, you mentioned muddy in the water. That's what they did. They muddied the water. They, they, they actually tried to make... Republican candidates lose. I mean, one of them that I know personally, Audrey Trujillo, they did that to her. Well, and, and I was, and she almost won, even despite all that. Just right. imagine if they would have been supporting her, she could have easily won. Well, when you become a candidate, you're also you're you're given the actual full view, and then when you start putting the pieces together, I was a Republican. I was a very good Republican. I actually should have been 
supported. I would have been the greatest weapon against this leftist social progressive crap that we're going through because what are they going to say to the Indian? Mm-hmm. Oh, that she's wrong and she's racist. I mean, what are they going to say to me? But they couldn't even do that. You know why? Because I didn't fit the package of the Republicans in this state. So it's very corrupt. And I already knew it was going to happen. That's why before I declared, I switched parties so that I could save my candidacy and I could also stand on my morals and values. But the corruption is there. It's it's worse than we thought. Oh, it is. It's worse. It's totally worse. Yeah. I, I, I had no idea. I mean, what's been going on, and I, I've mentioned this before, is that what has happened over the past couple, three years has literally woken me up. I am really, really paying attention now, and a lot of other people are the same way. Well, even the fact that, well, Aunt Thornton, you brought up, um, because the day after the election, I wasn't even, you know, we were having breakfast and we were laughing, and then I built such a great family in New Mexico, and we were all sitting there. And I'm and they're like, you're not even a little bit upset. I said, no, because I already know the outcome, and I know what my fight is. And I said, in my lifetime, I hope I can make an impact. Yeah. This is one election. And I said, but the person that should be the most upset should be Aunt Thornton, because Ronchetti conceded and didn't even tell the guy. All his money, effort, time, he had no say-so that the concession happened. And so he should have been upset. He should have sued him. Well, he left him out of the loop through the entire darn campaign. He should have sued him. He should still sue him. Yeah. Because he put in how much of his own money and his own time. Yeah. And he should go after McCleskey and Ronchetti for doing him dirty. That would have been, the, the, that would have been a huge... Um, active proactive step in the direction of the republican party would be to stand up for yourself but the fact is is it's crickets so i keep thinking okay well what am i going to do and so we're still trying to push it we're still trying to get our information together but honestly like you said people have their head in the sand actually the majority of people have their head in they the do sand, and they, they give do. up and a lot of them were disheartened and they're broken and they don't want to try anymore they're done i think that was the purpose of everything that's happened over the last couple three years is to break right. people Right. So that's why I'm fortifying myself individually and my my family, especially through this Christmas season, is we're eating better. We're creating our greenhouse and we're going to get ready to um, push our lives to be um, more self-sustaining and not government controlled. Because I believe that what's coming for us in the long run is not going to be good for America and it's going to injure a lot of us. Yeah, I agree. Um, So... What I want to talk about in the third hour, I found this interesting article where this guy was talking about how the coronavirus was already in people, and it was just a matter of taking the right steps to activate it. Now, it sounds like an interesting theory to me. I'm just going to put it out there. You guys can decide what you think. It sounds like an interest. I've personally never had a flu shot, never going to have one, and and I always, <laughs> my mom, I'm always telling her, mom, don't go get one of them flu shots because you have no idea what's in it. Formaldehyde. <laughs> That's all you go through knows? my head. <laughs> yeah, they're just trying to preserve you, you know, to you know, get you going. You know, that way you got a head start on when they finally get kill you. Well, a little bit of mercury. Yeah. Yeah, I remember those things. Yes. Um, there's a continued push for the digital dollar. And there was an interesting thing here on a, um, one of the January 6th uh, gulag prisoners uh, in which he was uh, found guilty on six charges. And uh, I, I want to go over these charges uh, because, to me, it's a clear violation of the Second Amendment and the Fifth Amendment. So we'll be right back in the third hour. Don't go anywhere. It's going to be really good. <laughs> 